What's up, Mason fam? Welcome to another episode of Building Business and Life Together with the Masons. Yes, yes, yes. So this episode is kind of special. Um, I want to focus the attention on husbands, partners, at their postpartum or during the postpartum period, right? The postpartum period is said to be the period from birth until six to eight weeks after birth. And a lot of times, or most of the time, the focus is on us women and the baby. And we kind of forget about the husband or partner, that spouse, that, you know, they're going through things as well. Yes. <laughs> so I had a couple of questions and I wanted to start a conversation with you on camera to talk about this. As you know, Anthony and I, we have three beautiful daughters. We have a 12-year-old, we have a seven-year-old, and we now have a four-month-old baby. So I want to hear from you directly. How do you feel during the postpartum period? So my first question to you is, how did you feel when you first found out you were going to become a father? Well, it's not new to me. So okay. we, we were wanting to have another child. And another one. And another one. <laughs> so I was excited mm -hmm. um, when we found out. I was really excited because I thought that this was going to be my little man. Okay. Yes, we ended up being blessed with another beautiful, yes. happy baby girl, which yes. I am ecstatic about, mm -hmm. love her to pieces. But I was super, super excited because I was like, man, this is it. Mm -hmm. About to have this boy. Nah. Snip, snip, cut, <laughs> cut. Like, I was ready. Tie it up. Uh, yeah. But that didn't happen. But yeah, I was really excited about um, the opportunity to bring another life into this world and okay. to be able to just see where really how this kid would change our lives. Because every time that we've had one, our life has elevated every single this time. This is true. This is true. And so what was your role in labor and delivery? For me. In labor and delivery, my role was mm -hmm. to just make sure that you were comfortable. You know, I put my, I guess they're called smocks, whatever the little blue cover up is with yeah. my little hair thing. Right. But because you were getting major surgery. Because mm -hmm. um, I had a C-section. Yeah. Because you were having major surgery, really my, my role was just to make sure that you were comfortable, make sure that everything that the doctors were doing was what we expected. Mm -hmm. um, since this was our really technically our fourth child, I already knew what to expect. So just going into it, making sure that everything was the way that it was supposed to be and that you were comfortable. Yeah. And I think you did a very great job at that. Thank you. You're welcome. So during the postpartum period, did you ever experience any depression? I know a lot of times the spouse, the partner, the husband is usually looking at the wife and making sure the wife isn't experiencing any postpartum depression. But did you experience any that's a great question. Okay. So uh, it's something that is not often talked about. Right. So what I did mm -hmm. was I heard about postpartum depression. So I actually began to do research because I wanted to make sure that you didn't have it. Yes. So as I began to do research, I found out that men have postpartum depression. And mm -hmm. it's an alarming statistic, actually. One in 10 men suffer from postpartum depression. Wow. And it's not really talked about right. at all. You don't think about that. You don't. Everybody, when you think about postpartum depression, it's always the woman, the woman, the woman. Right. Very rarely mm -hmm. do you hear about men. So when I saw that, mm -hmm. I had to begin doing research and reflecting with them because as I read, I'm like, man, am I am I going through this? Mm -hmm. I know you used to check on me all the time. Yeah. How are you feeling? What's you know? You need me to grab the baby while she's crying and big you big know. deal. I mean, I I, <laughs> I still do that because. I still feel in my heart, like if you're overwhelmed, like it, I feel it. So mm -hmm. if I 
ever see where you're holding a baby and it seems overwhelming, even though I rarely do I experience that with you, like okay. where I feel like I need to go take her from you. But every now and then, if she has her little episode of crying, like, I'm like, let me go get her. Which I'm okay with her crying. You're just not. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, don't let her cry. She can cry. It's okay. But okay, yeah. go ahead. Um, so as I looked up like the different symptoms, it mm -hmm. talked about irritability, loss of mm -hmm. uh, sleeplessness, um, mm -hmm. loss of appetite, mood swings. Like, as I looked at those things, it made me reflect within and I'm like, you lose sleep anyway when you have a, a baby. Right. And then sometimes because your sleep schedule is off, your appetite is gonna be off too. Like instead of me having dinner, I might be eating at one or two o'clock in the morning because that's just where our sleep cycle right. is because, because it's every mm -hmm. two hours. So we're getting feeding sleep when we can or right. exactly feeding the baby. So I just thought it was really interesting when I looked at that. But to answer your question, I wouldn't say that I suffered from any depression, but there may have been anxiety just around now this baby's here. Mm -hmm. We didn't really have outside of the parents coming for each of them coming for a week. Right. We were trying to figure out what the childcare situation was going to look like because we're mm -hmm. both entrepreneurs. We're still running a business. Yes. We're actually at an awkward stage in real estate right now, mm -hmm. not just us, the industry, exactly. where it's, they're talking about a 33% decline in business and people purchasing houses this year. And then we got this little one. Right. Luckily, from a financial standpoint, we were prepared for it. But I right. think that the biggest thing is, I mean, that could set someone off like yeah. to where yeah. it spirals out of control. So especially a person who's used to being a provider. And exactly. Yeah. So I wouldn't say anxiety. I would say it was more of a nervousness at times because mm -hmm. we just had so many things going on. And I really stopped mm -hmm. the business for a couple of months as we got acclimated. Like there were, we weren't servicing clients at all. I'd say for about one to two months when she first came, like, I mean, did absolutely. I mean, but while I was in labor, like the delivery day, I had a settlement. So Had a settlement and then we had to so take I a was, meeting. I was doing that, you, you did, know. You did, you did. <laughs> on delivery day. Yeah. But. So yeah, I, I would say to answer your question, uh, just normal nervousness and jitters for a new life that is relying a hundred percent on you. And we've been at it, a, the baby game for seven years. Yes. You know, so I would say that there was nervousness, again. not anxiety or any depression, but I think it is something that needs to be talked about uh, because mm -hmm. it is not talked about often mm -hmm. around the depression and anxiety that a father can have because they're being a provider, right. because they're losing sleep, because they're hungry, because they're having to wake up every two hours and still have to wake up on time to go to work because yes. our circumstance is not everyone's. Exactly. Um, so I would say, this is true. yeah, I would say. And as women, we get checked on. Frequently, Frequently, even by the individual who is suffering from postpartum depression, mm -hmm. if the husband is or the spouse, yeah. they're still checking on you, mm -hmm. but no one's no one's checking on us. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So that's really important. Yeah. And and also like when us women go for our checkups at the doctor doing postpartum, they, they don't ask, even ask us. They ask, they ask the women though. They do ask us, "How are you suffering?" You know, from postpartum depression or anxiety. Anxiety. Yeah. And, so yes, it's very important that we have these conversations with our, our husbands, our partners, to make sure that they're okay as well. Yeah, so just um, look out for those symptoms. I mean, it's, right. it's a big deal. So what adjustments did you have to make to accommodate this new person? Like, what adjustments do you feel like you had to make in your personal life or yeah. business or family? I would say the biggest adjustment for me at the very beginning was the sleep schedule. I mm -hmm. love my rest. Mm -hmm. And if I don't get it, it throws everything else off. I would say other adjustments would include, I had to take the girls to school. I had to pick them yes. up from school. Yes. Um, because you had major surgery mm -hmm. and you couldn't go up and down the stairs, mm -hmm. I had to do everything. It gave me a new found respect for all of the things that you had to do. 
Well, and it you. made me step up even more because I could not imagine, and it happens in relationships where yeah. everything is one-sided. Mm -hmm. So I think that for me, it just made me realize as I got older, I mean, as a young man, I could care less. Like, I'm gonna go do what I have to do as a man, but then I'm like, cool, you wanna stay home? You wanna take care of the baby? You gotta go do this and do that? Like, mm -hmm. it's different now because I'm 39. For me, looking at it as a man, I'm like, there's no way that I'm gonna allow for you as my wife to go through all of those things alone. Right. So I had to completely step up to the plate and take a lot of things off after being in that scenario and situation where I had to do everything while you rested and recovered. Right. Some other adjustments that I had to make, I would say, because I just came out of that bodybuilding competition mm -hmm. and you knew I was trying to get my pro card. Right. We were hoping that Kinsley was going to hold out so that I could compete in December. Mm -hmm. But because she came the day after my birthday. In November. I could not compete. Okay. So this summer or spring, I would have been competing as a pro, but I, I can't. Now I'm trying to get my pro card. Right. And the adjustment I had to make was I couldn't go to the gym. Right. Even with having a gym in the house, like I was too tired to do anything. Mm -hmm. So that was another adjustment. I sacrificed, while you made tons of sacrifices, mm -hmm. I sacrificed that. I mean, I still have milestones and goals that I wanted to hit, but I was set back by three months. So right. now I'm competing for my pro card in August. But you're able to make the adjustment. You're able to still compete, but it's just not as soon as you want it to. Right, because those couple of months where I couldn't work out at all, mm -hmm. I had to get the body composition back right so that you I could compete. You got to eat, use eating with me. I was eating everything. <laughs> Everything. So now it's just getting back to the strict diet and competing this August. So I think that was a, a big one because that was really, really important for me. But the, your health and Kinsley's well-being and the girls, mm -hmm. Chloe and Kylie's well-being were also really important to me. So I was willing to make that sacrifice. But I did have to make tons of sacrifices to make sure that everybody was good. Thank you. And I know also um, intimacy as well, right? Back to that major surgery. <laughs> or even if it was a major surgery. I mean, it's that's still, just it's still in about general. Six weeks. It's about six weeks. Yeah. So, you know... You had to sit on the sideline. Yeah. It was a solid, I would say probably what, two, two, three weeks before like it was even where we was doing anything right. at all. So I think that that also kind of, that's another piece that mentally it just messes with your psyche. Like you're right. doing all of these things. You already got all of this stuff going on. And then you don't have a release mechanism. For intimacy with Come your on, wife? <laughs> She's yeah, so really? So that, that, that to me was also uh, a huge, huge challenge. But I'm just thankful that the third child came at this stage in our lives because right. I don't know that I was mature enough in my early 30s or even in my late 20s to be prepared for, for all of everything oh that's on your plate. Yeah, man. Uh, but I think you did good for every girl that we've yeah, had. Thank you. You did really well with that. So lastly, what advice would you give to to expectant fathers or, or anybody who's going through postpartum right now, any man that's going through postpartum right now? A couple of things. Stay in a moment. Mm -hmm. Stay in a moment. I think the easiest thing to do is, boom, have the baby, get back to the hustle and bustle. That can make you go crazy too. Mm -hmm. So just be in a moment. Enjoy that time. We have been really blessed. I think that out of all of our girls, mm -hmm. while I bonded with all of them, the bond with Kinsley is second to none because mm -hmm. I've had the opportunity to be there every single day, mm -hmm. every day, even when the nanny was here. But I feel like just that connection that we have because when she wakes up, I'm mm -hmm. right there. When she's hungry, I'm right there. You are. So I just, it's just been an amazing opportunity. So even with some of the slowdown that we've had in the market, it's been a blessing because I'm, I'm able to be the father that I've always wanted. So being in the moment and staying present is definitely one. Don't rush that. And then just checking in and continuing to communicate. That is something that I can't stress enough. Mm -hmm. 
if you're feeling any anxiety, depression, overwhelmed, any of those things, being able to communicate, because as men, a lot of times we try to foster and hold everything in because we wanna to continue to be that tough guy. Right. And you don't wanna necessarily take what your issue is or your burden and put it on you because you just went through a major operation or we can't discount having a child like right. at all. So for me to go, oh, babe, I'm tired. <laughs> like, you know what I'm over here doing? <laughs> right. So it's just being able to effectively communicate like what your needs are too. Mm. And whether that's communicating it to you or seeking outside help and, mm. and just having someone to talk to about those things to kind of help coach you through them to not put that weight mm. on you while you're going through what you're going through as well. Because the last thing you want to do is for the husband to have postpartum depression and then you're taking all of those those things and the weight from that and then you're putting it on your spouse and mm. then your spouse turns around and now they're depressed and they mm. have anxiety. So I think that seeking therapy and outside help is is really key. I would also say be patient yeah. and, and enjoy the journey, right? It's a journey yeah. being parents and it's not one, you know, like in a book, you know, it's all going to textbook. It's not like each child is different. Each child has different needs and wants. And then also outside of their needs and wants is our needs and wants and our mm -hmm. relationship. Yeah. So I just say just enjoy the journey. It's not all peaches and cream. No one has the perfect blueprint and systems for being a parent and being in a relationship at the same time. But if you just look at it and we laugh about a lot of things. Yeah. We laugh about a lot of things right. like, really did that just happen? Did you really just spill all that grape juice on the carpet? You know what? We right. can't even be mad. We just we just gonna keep gotta, it moving. You gotta press forward. <laughs> but I, I think the biggest thing that I would say mm -hmm. is by the time you get to the third kid, it's easy. And most people think three kids, mm -hmm. your life's gotta be crazy. Or right. even more than that, like if you've got four five or six the more kids you have the easier it gets your first kid you don't know anything you don't know what you're doing you've just got the examples that you've seen and you just see the nice and pretty on Instagram everyone's like oh I've got this new baby all the social media but I'll tell you what's going on behind that photo oh no sure after that picture is posted it's probably some tears back there because yes. you're overwhelmed I think when you have the second kid mm -hmm. so first kid there's a little novelty period mm -hmm. but you're trying to figure it out right. your second kid is like oh my gosh I have two children right. how do I juggle this mm -hmm. the third kid and, is when you get into with the, with the two kids, what we did was you had one, I had the other, kind of. Correct. I had the baby, you had the oldest. We kind of juggled it that way. Yeah, but huh? I think that the reason why, and a lot of our friends tell us how we we make it look so easy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't think that it's easy. No. I think that we effectively communicate how we're going to conquer the day and mm -hmm. what we're doing with the kids. Going back to the calendar, it's always about the calendar, but it's really the effective communication of, right. babe, I got the baby this morning. Can you take the girls to school? Great. Got it. Oh, this afternoon. And sometimes life throws a curveball. You'll be going to get the girls in the afternoon, but you can't go get the girls in the afternoon because something may be going on with Kinsley or Kylie or Chloe. Mm -hmm. And then I've got to adjust because I might have to keep the baby, mm -hmm. but then I might also have to go and pick the other one up from school. Yeah. Yeah. and take them to the after-school activities. So you have to effectively communicate. We have couples that share with us how one side of the relationship is the only side that's taking care of the baby mm -hmm. while the other one is just out earning. Like those things are important and you yeah. must have them all. Mm -hmm. But the communication on how you're going to plan and attack the day and dealing with the kids, I think is really, really important. And I think that's yeah. what's made it really easy for and us. And then you said, so from two to three, so then three, now what? How does that look? You were saying, you know, from one is the novelty. Two kids is like, okay now we got to figure that out and how we split each kid up you get this one I get this one yeah and then three now what like three I think it was really easy once we got into a group 
because now when you throw the extra one in there, like the first three to four weeks, mm-hmm. it's oh she's so quiet, she's mm-hmm. so cute, she doesn't, mm-hmm. she's a very chill baby. And then yeah. month two is when she discovered her voice, yes. and she began to cry, and that's when she had that double cry. That like I was like, oh my god. He was like, this guy has got to change. This has got to change. <laughs> and then once we got to month three into month four is mm-hmm. really where we began to see it's like okay we got a solid groove going, mm-hmm. we had the au pair in, mm-hmm. everything was going. So I think that when you get to three your third child by like month four is where you really get into a groove yeah so we're outnumbered now but we're still a powerhouse when it comes to me and him as a team against those three kids (laughs) oh yeah because they're gonna stick together they're gonna have each other for the rest of their lives they're gonna have us as well but they're gonna leave the nest Uh so i think that one of the things that you also have to make sure that you take into consider don't ever let your relationship fall by the wayside because Mm -hmm. of your children you definitely want to make sure you take care of your children but your spouse is going to be there when those children leave Mm -hmm. and your children are always going to be your children but your spouse is always going to be your spouse Mm -hmm. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed this segment. This is something that's really near and dear to us when Mm -hmm. it comes to our kids, our children. They are our life. They are our world. Mm -hmm. Everything that we do, we do for them. So I hope you enjoyed this segment. I hope that this helps someone out there. And just remember that when we talk about postpartum depression, Mm -hmm. it is a conversation that must be active, not just for women, but we have to also talk about postpartum depression in men. Mm -hmm. If you have a friend, a family member or a sibling who has Mm -hmm. just had a child, Check on them. Yes. Check on them. Because it's not just about postpartum depression. There are people out there that will take it from one extreme to the next. Yeah. I mean, there are several. I won't even go into it. But depression alone, we know what it can do. Mm-hmm. So just make sure you check on a loved one if they've just had a kid. Definitely check on the, the, the mom. But check on a father, too. It's mm-hmm. really, really important. And my mom checked on me a lot. My sister. a lot of friends, too. Yeah, right? a lot of friends that checked on me as well. So just make sure that you check on those people because it's really important. So hope you guys enjoyed this segment. And remember, keep, keep building, building and, and stay, stay unstoppable. unstoppable.